Welcome to Is It My Time? This is for the person asking, is it too late to make a difference? Too late to make a change? Up to this point, a major part of your identity has been as John's wife, or Sarah's mom, or even that go-to person at work, the one you can get a job or a task to and they'll get it done, in the job description or not. But something's happened and there is now some time or space in your daily life. Time that allows you to hear that voice you've kept quiet, staying busy with everyone and everything else. The voice is asking, is this all there is? Is it too late to do something else? Be something else? Is there more to me or this life? We will answer those questions and more, but first we have to build a firm foundation. That is necessary to support anything you wish to build or establish. The most solid foundation out there is one built on truth, God's truth. He created you, He gifted you, and He has plans for you. Absorbing God's word and love for you will help establish that solid foundation. Grounding yourself in your identity in Christ will make you formidable and capable of achieving anything. Hey, my friends, and welcome back. I'd like to talk about something near and dear to my heart. And we've sort of been talking about it the last couple of weeks. I'm just going to get a little more in-depth to it today. Um, two weeks ago, we talked about this podcast being a faith community of a sort. And last week... I gave you an example of several different denominations of people coming together as a faith community to put on a weekend retreat for another group of women and how they function together as one unit despite being from different uh, denominations of faith. This week I want to talk to you about the importance of having a home church. And yes, I know that's a tough subject for some folks. For me, for quite a long time, it was a bad subject. Uh, over 30 years, I didn't attend church. Um, I was one of those folks that had church hurt. I had um, some other issues, reasons that I had walked away and I justified being away for a very long time. But uh, I can tell you there are way more pros than there are cons for belonging to a church. Um, you just need a body of support. Whether you are new to the faith, new to the idea of attending church, new to a community, you've changed denominations, uh, you've changed locations, you've changed states, you've moved, whatever the case may be, you are a new person in the situation and where you are right now. The church is a valuable community of support for you as this new person. And anytime you start something new, you're going to face obstacles, both internal and external. Now, one external um, challenge you could face would be feelings of isolation. And you're saying feelings, that sounds internal. And true, it is. Feelings are, but it's being caused by an external situation. Um, you're feeling isolated because you've gotten separated from something or someone. Uh, you've either left family or friends behind if you've left or moved to a new location or you've not moved, but you're making a life change, be it a new faith walk or uh, stopping some type of addictive behavior, you've decided that you need to separate yourself from people and places that could trigger uh, 
bad thought patterns or old thought patterns or behaviors that lead you back to the places that you're trying to separate yourself from now, if that makes sense. So you've left these things behind and you've landed in a new place or you've started a new church or started a new job and you are now with new people in your life, you people that you are purposely choosing with intention to have in your space. And these people are going to be like-minded with the things that you're trying to do now in your life. And that's great. You've chosen these people. I mean, you went out and you sought them out. But just because you chose them and you're now trying to be a part of the group doesn't mean you feel you automatically belong. It takes a little bit of time to not feel like the new kid on the block or to feel like you've got enough of a relationship with someone to divulge things that are bothering you or to seek out advice or to just live um, a transparent life with these new people. And so you're in limbo. You're between the people that you've left behind. You're with the people that you've now joined, but you don't necessarily feel like you're a part of the group. So yes, you feel isolated. And if that speaks to your current situation, I want to encourage you. You chose these new people for a reason. You saw something. So go ahead and continue to make your relationship with them, develop that relationship, but do take an opportunity to be a little bit vulnerable. Uh, give them an opportunity to prove to you that they are worth your trust and worth your confidence. And the more that you find yourself um, trusting them and believing in them in return, you'll uh, see the same thing coming in your direction. I've had this explained to me and I've explained it is you're not just walking a new path. You're entering a new culture and it's a Christian culture versus the previously secular culture in which you lived. And culture matters. We've been shaped by our culture, our fashion, taste, beliefs, and so many other things about us reflect our social environment, the one in which we were born and lived. And in fact, a culture is the most powerful or one of the most powerful things in shaping us and making what things uh, or situations to us or around us seem normal. Uh, an example that was uh, spoken to me was if I've ever traveled to another country, I likely experienced the feeling of seeming being or seeming or being like I was in a different world. I wasn't, of course, I was in this world, but I was in a different culture. It was a place that I had imagined and built and it was built differently by a different group of people. That's what humans do. We build worlds within the world. And what I propose to you, a church can do, a supportive faith community, they'll be able to uh circle around, if you will, give you the support that you need, that you can still live and work within this world without being of this world. Um, you'll still want to be a shining light to others, be that light on the hill, um, expressing your new life with God, um, but without fear or pushback from those you previously associated with. Now, one thing that I'm going to hope for you, which was the case with me, is that you land in a Bible-focused faith community that can help you discern when different issues are presented to you. Um, as we've talked about in past episodes, you are going to have to develop uh, 
gut intuition if you don't have it already. And the more you read the Bible, you're going to recognize whether they are or are not uh, teaching uh, a good, strong biblical message. Now let's switch gears and go for an internal challenge. You know that time when you started something new in your life. There's always a rush of excitement, especially if we're attacking a new way of living or being. Exercise plan, diet, workout program. Not to make light of it or equate that with a new life of faith, but there is something similar about the excitement that someone exhibits when they are trying to be a new person or live a new way. And for the new person at church, everything is great. Everything that you're hearing about God, grace, your place in the plan, you want to just catch up and learn um, everything that you think you've missed out on up to this point. Your new life schedule with worship as a focus, it's exhilarating. The midweek recharge on Wednesday to get you topped back off and help you to make it to Sunday. The anticipation and expectation for learning new things, I mean, you can just feel it. Um, you can't possibly conceive of a time that you would ever feel conflicted about wanting to be in church. Then comes that bump in the road. A real important event that you've always attended every year up to this point in your life is now back, but it's conflicting with your church. Or you have children and sports activities and their, all their games or their practices are being scheduled on Wednesdays and Sundays. Or speaking of catching up with the others in the church, it just doesn't seem to be happening as quickly as you thought it would. These issues begin piling up and you can start taking the shine off the initial excitement. Um, it just starts to fade a little and it becomes easier to make excuses and fall back into old patterns of behavior or thinking. If you're still in isolation mode and you haven't reached out and tried to find a mentor or some other person to support you through these um, discussions or trying to find your way through these options, it may leave you in a position where you feel like you're failing on your new goal or commitment that you've made regarding your faith. Or Here's another one for you. You start to see the humanity in your fellow church members. You see there is a tendency to place everyone on a pedestal and not see their faults when you first join a church. Then when that luster starts dying in other areas, you start to see that maybe those fellow church members have their issues too. They may disappoint you on a bad day with a bad response or even let you down by having a failure of their own, which you witness. These are the very people to which you had turned to for advice, looking for life examples, using as a role model, and now you've seen them fail or they've disappointed you. The key is going to be to stay and watch the recovery or see what you can learn from that. So you're rocking along trying to stay committed while this initial excitement fades and your old self starts popping back up. Those old patterns of behavior and thinking things that you thought you had uh, put behind you, when life proves challenging, guess what pops their head back up? I mean, really, things were supposed to be clear. Old ways bad, new ways good. And to find out that it's not nearly cut and dried as I thought it was going to be, that's pretty disappointing. Now add in all those incidents that we were discussing and you start to see things in a different light. Now when you lose your temper and you act inappropriately with a friend or a family member, 
you're sitting there asking yourself, why is that happening anymore? It's not, that's supposed to be behind me. Or if I've ever dealt with any type of addictive behavior, such as drinking, drug use, shopping, um, and then I have a relapse. Well, that's definitely a bigger mess up now than it was when I was in the secular world. This is where that supportive church environment or church friends are going to keep you from the downward spiral and to where you just give up on trying to be this new person of faith that you were beginning to explore and develop. And you're sitting there thinking, but Cindy, you were talking about being so high and excited about things, and now you're talking about downward spirals. How is this supposed to be a supportive, faithful uh, community? Well, the community is the support that you need, but any true new believer or new person in any situation is a mixed bag of emotions. I mean, you're going to be extremely excited about all the new things you're learning and experiencing, but you also have all your own baggage that you've been bringing with you. And until you've laid that down, it's something that you're going to have to deal with. And a lot of that baggage comes from a lack of confidence or self-esteem in your new surroundings. I mean, really, wherever you came from, you may have been the top of the ladder. But when you're now a new person in this church or a new person to faith itself, you feel like you're starting at the bottom in status. Now, mind you, that's in your mind or based on your own personal perception. We don't have status or hash marks in church. I mean, if you'll stop and take just a minute when you look around at your new church family, you're going to recognize people at different points in their walks. Some a lot further along than other people, some not that much farther along than you. Um, but the thing is, just look around to see about your environment, but don't fall into the trap of comparison. Comparison becomes a very dangerous, ugly companion. Everyone is walking their own walk or running their own race. Um, these folks are going to be your support, your lifeline, but they're not your competition. And believe me, I was there. I got so enamored with the well-spoken faith veterans that had a lifetime of experience and knowledge to share. But I also got excited by watching people that hadn't been members that much longer than I have, and they were fitting in, they're speaking, they were finding their voice, and they were contributing to the body. All of this I had to digest at the same time as I had that inner dialogue going, that inner voice reminding me that I didn't know enough yet to speak about that subject or I didn't have a significant enough example to provide value in the conversation. Mind you, that was my inner voice. That was not what these people were telling me and they worked me past that. Many new believers are asked why they don't speak up or out more. I was one, and I, this was my response just like theirs. I didn't want to damage my witness or hurt somebody's chances to come to the church. I hadn't been around long enough to realize that it wasn't my job to bring Christ, but to spread the news, plant the seed, provide the opportunity. You've heard all the cliches, but they're cliches because they're true. God brings the actual harvest. It's just our job to get the information out there and provide the opportunity for the people. So your church body, if you found a good one, is going to be spending this time welcoming you in, making you feel a part of the family, 
making you realize you do have gifts, you do have something contribute to contribute, and that they are more than willing to have you do so. In fact, they're excited to see just exactly what you can do and contribute to the conversation. So if you haven't found a home church yet, it's time to start looking. It's time to find you one. And if you are in one and if you've just joined, look around and see what it is they have to offer. There is something that you can be a part of. If it's a greeter, a group organizer, potluck organizer, sing on the praise team, be a media support member. I mean, if there's a job that needs to be in, done in the church, the membership needs to help step up and do that, even the new members, because the pastor does not need to shoulder the burden for everything for everybody in the church. If you're in a large community and you attend a large church, heck, even a mega church, they're going to have a big structure in place. They're going to have it well delineated. They're going to have an organizational chart. They're going to have it lined out in black and white, and you can easily find a place where you can belong. For those of you like me that belong to a smaller church, while it might not have a formal structure, they're still going to have things to offer you as a member. I mean, the whole church body is going to welcome you as a new member. They did me. Older members of the church may offer to take you under their wing. I had that as well. Mentorship. Uh, there'll be children's services. There'll be small groups. There will be potlucks. There will be all kinds of things that you can check out or try to be a part of. The key is plug yourself in. You want to be a part of it. You can't get to know people. You can't interrelate or interact with people. You can't build those trusting relationships if you stay off secluded and isolated to yourself. It's a two-way street. They welcome you, but you in turn are welcoming back. And throughout this whole process of getting plugged in, what are you gonna see? You're going to see role models at work and see a new way of living and interacting with others. You're going to see people living transformed lives. Now I'm going to give you a couple of reasons why I think church can provide you a safe environment for worship. Um, besides being safe and supporting, um, it's a place where you can get focused. You're removed from the distractions of the outside world, your home environment. You can focus, focus on God and the message. You can sit in the chapel with the other believers, follow along with the worship service, learn the preferences or traditions as far as singing, sitting, standing, kneeling if that's the case, prayer, the lesson, or the message. As a participating member of the group, there is no performance anxiety or self-expectation to know what's going on, nor is there that expectation from your fellow members. You're new. You're free to let down your guard and just begin to worship with the congregation. You're free to observe and experience the spirituality of the church body as you see its members worship and pray with each other. David Benner, who wrote a book about uh, soul or care for the soul, is a very smart man, uh, said, You cannot be spiritually whole without a relationship to a faith community. The church protects and affirms spiritual growth and is an indispensable part of its nurture and celebration. Church can provide you fellowship with like-minded believers. Before joining the church, you probably had a circle of friends to do life with. You shared experiences. Relationships were built for support, care, camaraderie. 
All that's known as fellowship and a circle that you can now replace with like-minded believers. People, we are relational beings. It's the way we were created. We were made in the image of God, who is himself relationship. He is God the Father, Son, and Spirit, each part of the Trinity living and interacting with and loving the other. And woven into the fiber of our souls is a pattern for experiencing intimate relationship with God and then expressing that love in our families and communities and churches. That, my friends, is Miss Jenny Allen, and she knows all about trying to find your people and building deep community in your church. So when you've taken the time to build these intimate, deep relationships with the people in the church, they'll be there uh, when you start having those uh, issues that we talked about earlier in this episode. While friends from the secular world might not understand your conflicting feelings about your kids' sports activities being scheduled on Wednesdays and Sundays, your church family is going to understand. In fact, a lot of them probably face the same conflict and can give you an example or give you advice as to how they handled that situation. They can give you all kinds of examples and advice from life's challenges that are going to be you facing them for the first time. They're not just avenues for this advice, though, but they can give you a sympathetic ear when you have heartache and conflict. They can share scripture that might apply to that situation in hand, but they'll also be a safe, non-judgmental sounding board for talking through problems. Fellowship with like-minded believers is a relationship, and it's much easier to be in that relationship with people when you've shared struggles and joys. It's easier to have that relationship when they understand what you're going through, have shared the same experiences, y'all share the same set of values. When we gather with other believers to keep our focus on the Lord, stay consistent in our prayer life and in our Bible study, we are better able to resist worldly influences. And that, my friends, was from Natasha Crane, who writes about being faithfully different. One thing that I can tell you, and I know in my heart of hearts, we were not designed to walk alone. We were not designed to go through this life alone. We were meant to be in relationship. You can go all the way back to the garden to Adam and Eve and see that God created us for relationship. He created Eve to be Adam's helpmeet. After Adam and Eve, we then moved to a family. After the family, we came, became a group of people. After that, a group of people grew into the nation of Israel. And throughout the whole New Testament, you can see God's heart for the local church. One thing I found in my research this semester is that there are a lot of things in life that are common to all of mankind. But the distinctions between Christian and the non-Christian in this day and age center on the church. And the church has a role to play. And its focus on worship, discipleship, fellowship, and evangelism are all things we need to be a part of, all things that we need to do, but all things that we need to do together in a family unit or your church. So you as the new believer or the person just joining a church, I'm going to leave you with some words again from Jenny Allen. The Bible doesn't speak to individuals. It's written for people living out their faith together. And a few examples she provides are, we make each other better. As iron sharpens iron, so one person sharpens another. We remind each other of God and his plans for us. 
that you and I may be mutually encouraged by each other's faith. We fight for each other to not be distracted by sin, but exhort one another every day as long as it is called today so that none of you may be hardened by the deceitfulness of sin. We complete each other. As it is, there are many parts but one body. We need each other to live out the purposes of God. Each member belongs to all the others. We all have different gifts. And for those of you that may be in a church and have the opportunity to support a new believer, I want to encourage you to do so. Welcome them with open arms to your church. Invite them to your small group. Make sure they know about any and all of the programs that your church has that might be interesting to them. For example, if they have children, your children's church, ladies' ministries, men's ministries, anything that you would find interesting as a person, that new person's going to find interesting too because you are going to be a vital part of their future growth and development and in turn, they are going to be part of yours. I hope I've given you just a small taste of how great it could be to belong to a church body. I know it made a world of difference in my life. I wouldn't be where I am today without the church body I landed in. And I so hope that you have one as well. And if you don't have one, I'll pray that you find one soon. Well, I hope you enjoyed today's episode. Next time, we'll check in and see what progress we've made. I'll share a few of my favorite scriptures, and I'd love to share any you found helpful. You can share those in a review of this podcast or over in my podcast community on Facebook. I'll drop a link in the show notes. I'll read some of those reviews or posts and share about the scriptures you've written about. Until next time, happy reading.